0: Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjay Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjay Gall.
1: Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN, that is CIO Talk Network. To learn more, please visit CIOtalknetwork.com. As always, we invite you to a discussion on Twitter, and look for the show as hashtag digital and hashtag utilities. Today's topic is the state of digital transformation for utilities. And we have Eric Slavinsky, who is the Chief Information Officer with PPL Corporation. Hello, Eric. How are you? Wonderful. How are you today? Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, the honor is all ours. We're so doing well. And uh, let's get started. So so we are talking about utilities, which is is like a, I would say, a foundational industry for us, the way we live our life and do business. So when we talk about digital technologies, we know utilities have been there forever and they have been trying to, of course, increase the operations. And when came the digital, we are definitely looking at that as an opportunity to improve the customer engagement, perhaps come up with some new products and services and also improve operations. So if we are to look at other industries versus utilities, we'll not do a compare and contrast per se, but let's let's look at utility industry typically, which was always used to planning five to 10 years out. Do you think is that still happening, or if it is in terms of in this fast-moving digital world, is that truly really sustainable?
2: Well, I, it, it's both. We, we still create a five-year business plan, and uh, we think that's still relevant. But yet, um, we, have, we have several different strategies that we use. As we know, the the technology industry is changing every 12 to 18 months. So we put a long-range, big-picture plan together and then we every year we continue to revise that business plan and then on top of that we have an integrated uh, meeting monthly with our business partners and we incorporate and look at all the new emerging technology that's out there and we make adjustments to the roadmap on the fly so in other words if if a, if a business, if a project comes up that adds more business relevance or provides a better customer experience we're flexible enough now to move projects in and move projects out, and that may move. That may mean may mean moving them out down lower in a priority for the year, or moving them out to a separate year. So we are looking to become much more agile, um, and uh, we're doing a really good job of it here at PPL, and uh, we can we can definitely share some of those new technologies that are that are really leading to a better customer experience and and top level of reliability on our grid.
1: So definitely from a planning standpoint, it's a good news that uh, your organization, I'm assuming you're representing the utility industry in general, because I'm thinking that there is a lot of value out there for them to start you know, shaking out any of the the I would say the slack, if at all, if it, that it existed, and move faster. Given that the customer wants to move faster, they want more value uh, generated. So now, coming to the challenges that we have always seen uh, the utility industry facing, they have they have not changed. If you think about it, and perhaps they have even compounded because now customer wants more. They are saying, okay, yes, you were giving us utility and, and power or any other form of uh, uh, offering, but we want it better, sooner, faster, more interaction. And then you got competitive pressures because there are many other ways someone can consume or, or become a customer to your utility. So, how is that, besides the obvious ones that I shared just now, are there any other? So, let's inventory the challenges. What are the top challenges besides the one I shared?
2: well i think I think the the one challenge is, and this is really a this is a customer demand, is customers want to work on their schedule. They don't want to work on our schedule they have their busy family lives, they're juggling children and multiple jobs, and you know taking care of homes and And by the way, other industries have have adapted to that right by providing different sets of tools, mobile tools uh you know working on the web, mail, chat. And, and we've done that. And, and I will tell you that we have a very good, fast, rapid development program for our mobile technologies. And, uh, so, so we're spending a lot of time on mobile. We're, we're seeing a paradigm shift, you know, from the energy industry because our customers are demanding that we change. And it's, it's really kind of a generational piece. Um, we're putting new technologies that put our customer in the driver's seat from outage alerts to from customized outage alerts. So you can, you can get those customized and when you want to receive them and when you don't want to receive them. The personalized energy tools, as we all know, um, energy costs are going up and people want to be able to manage their own costs. So providing them those kinds of tools, as an example, you know, puts our customers in the driver's seat and we're letting them do business with us the way they want to do it. And I think those are really the important parts and the changes that we're seeing from a, from a technology perspective. As a matter of fact, most millennials don't want to pick up a telephone and deal with us. But there are some of our, there are some of our baby boomers that don't want to use any of the technology. So we have to plan and be available for, you know, for, for every different type of customer that we have now.
1: So, if you were to look at the eighty twenty rule that people always say twenty percent of the efforts you know lead to eighty percent of the outcome, would you say that when we talk about digital in the utilities as a context, would you say you would be investing? into those so called 20% for you to get 80% or you have to first shake out and fundamentally rethink your organization before you get to that point where we are you're in a very focused manner making a few investments and they, they give you a quantum leap in terms of the value you create right, that, that that that's a great question i would say that the first thing we try to do
2: right is is pilot some of these technologies and put some smaller investments to see what kind of results you know, we would get and, and as a company, we've also become very reliant on analytics to get us true data to make sure as we invest, we're truly getting a return, not only for us, but for our, our rate paying customers. So we, we started off small and we started working on some of our existing systems. And then we were starting to see really that our, our, our customer base was so accepting. You know, to be able to pay a bill from your smartphone, to be able to, you know, uh, get get a get a uh, an estimated time of restoral from a text message, and it didn't interrupt their lives. And what we were getting were happier customers. And obviously, the two things that we want are reliability and a great customer experience. So I, I would say right now, you know we're doubling down on technology and that that's not only the technology that touches our customers from a, from a contact experience with our company, but it's also the technologies that are, that we're putting out there to increase our reliability. So we either avoid outages or when we do have an outage, it's a minimal outage. And there are several examples of, of how that's helped increase our reliability um, we have one of the highest reliability numbers in the country. So, and we can we can definitely talk about some of those areas. Other than the customer, direct customer experience, um, with with as I said, with contacting our customer, co- contacting our company, you know, we'd like it if we'd like it if our customers were happy and didn't have to make a phone call because they had an outage. Right? It'd be it'd be great just to every time flip on the lights. And and we're working harder every day to become more and more reliable for our customers.
1: When you talk about reliability, of course, you know, um, we definitely are going to use the digital transformation because it's going to allow us to, in a way, communicate better or differently or more with our customers. But reliability has many other legs or tentacles, if you will, which go very deep within the organization. So you have to fundamentally rethink the DNA for you to say, okay, I'm going to become reliable and I'll communicate more with you, but I have to have my, my own uh, ship in order before I go and claim that. So, are you doing these in two parallel tasks, or you're saying I'm going to first first get it all sorted out internally before we go out to the customer and claim anything?
2: So, we've we've been working on getting our ship in order. I, I think we've seen this coming down the road, right? You know, first of all, Pennsylvania is a competitive state to begin with, with our customers, you know, having been able to select their own generation partner. So, we we've seen this for several years. So we've been getting our ship in order, and, and if you look at the investments that we've made in our grid, you know, to provide additional reliability, you know, we're in the, we're in the process. Uh, we're, we're one of the only utilities in the country that have, have 100% of their grid protected by relays and reclosers. And we have automation in place that if we have an outage, we don't have to make a manual change to, uh, to, to change a circuit. It is all automated and developed where if an outage occurs, there's an algorithm that we've thought through with our business partners, and that'll automatically change. And that change, in a lot of cases, eliminates an outage for a customer at all. They don't even see it. So, you know, we're, you know, we're changing the way we look at our energy grid and driving investment in the technology there that allows us to deliver it more efficiently and reliable. We don't have to dispatch trucks to go fix things. We can do that through the use of digital transformation, as you mentioned. Um, you know, if you, look at, if you look at the state of Pennsylvania and go look at the, you know, look at the PUC reporting, we have the highest availability of any utility in the state. Um, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing these efforts pay off already. We've reduced outages by an average of 30%. And uh, and that's what our customers want. They want reliable, safe, reliable power. Um, we have a new meter technology that we're rolling out right now. Um, we've just started rolling out these new meters. As a matter of fact, uh, this month we'll be rolling them out. And um, and and digital transformation—it's it's really in the core of the investments that we make. Yes, we're going to still put steel in the ground. We still need to build transmission lines and substations. That's the I I would say I call that table stakes, right? That's what we need to do, you know, to just provide power. These additional investments in technology uh, means we've, we've, we we uh, we provide effective, cost-effective, and reliable technology.
1: Now, all the things that you did mention that you started, saw it a couple of years ago and started investing in it, and I'm sure you this is bearing fruits. Now, are you supposed to become that Star Trek futuristic organization for you to really uh, make a claim that you are the most progressive and the customers start trusting you, or or you would rather have those basic, not basic, I'd say most most critical changes done, harness the most benefit from it, and then... Not instead of uh, you know keep adding more and more investment in that area, start looking at fundamental other foundational elements. Because you know today you have one set of digital transformation related technologies proposed. Tomorrow you could have another. So you could be chasing a ghost versus going at us at a pace which is not just looking at the next shiny object and running after it. How how are you how are you handling all of this?
2: I, I think I think investment strategy is extremely important because. It's like any investment you make, it, there's, there's a diminishing return on how much you invest, right? We we need to, to continue invest to make sure we provide that reliable power and we exceed our customers' expectations, you know. But on the other hand, we need to be looking at other opportunities. There's, we all know about the green energy that's out there, and that green energy is coming into our grid. You know, how do we help people manage you know manage a uh, solar farm how do we it, it, it's obviously not going to be managed on the on the transmission grid if you go to something like community solar so how's an electric utility how do we help manage you know how do we help managing manage selling into our grid so people that have excess energy that might have a solar farm we can sell it and we can actually dispatch it like a PJM dispatches it on the transmission side with transmission and generation, how do we dispatch green energy more at the distribution level back into the grid so we can provide that type of additional energy that our customers want as well? They're looking for more green energy. And you know we want to be part of that solution as well. So yes, we've already started looking at how do we, how do, we do that kind of work and help certain people, you know, actually get their energy back on our, tr- our distribution grid, and and help them sell power and help us meet our customers' needs.
1: Let's take a quick break, Listers. We'll be right back. And uh, Eric, let's talk about the benchmark. Like, of course, you are investing. You're planning for some time, and your organization has been investing, and so are I'm assuming other utilities. Mm-hmm. But then there has to be something that you look. forward to achieving, like a benchmark, a holy grail, a standard. What does that mean? At least what we know of today, what's achievable is a benchmark for utilities to uh, accomplish as part of investing, leveraging this digital transformation. Please stay tuned, listeners. Phil Breitman.
0: You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the
1: show. Welcome back. So, Eric, when we talk about utilities-related investments and how you plan, of course, That was planned given what we see today. But this is like a moving target because there are so many different areas in which digital is morphing. And at the same time, the customers for utility industry, their preferences are changing. And I'm sure there are certain things which are happening in the very utilities we talk about, renewable energy and others. So so is there a a specific benchmark, if you will, you are pursuing with respect to the current framework and the parameters or would you be forced to remain fluid. But if you do remain fluid, how would you ever manage anything to completion?
2: Well, I mean, you bring up a very good point. I mean, years and years of investment in the energy industry, the utility industry, has always been the traditional, uh, we have a generation plant, we have a transmission system, we have a distribution system, and then we send energy out to homes and businesses. With with the new generation of, of community solar, um, rooftop, even rooftop solar, um, obviously wind generation. We're trying to figure out ways to help our customers, you know, be able to not only take advantage of the green energy for themselves, but how can we help our other customers take advantage of green energy should they want that? Because there are customers that are willing to pay more for green energy and so what we've been trying to work on and it's and it this is this is new to the industry because the original grid was built for one way you send it from the generation station out to your customer so one of our goals is to help our customers get their energy back coming the other way and get it on our grid and we'd be able to dispatch that so we we would be able to you know we'd be able to track how much energy they're selling they'd be able to get directly paid for that. And that whether that's a consumer selling from a rooftop panel or a community that has a solar a solar uh, field, you know, in their subdivision. And we think that by building the relationships between us and our customers who now really receive our services and ensure that now we can receive their services and dispatch their power, you know, we'll, we'll make it a better... You know, community for all of us to work in. Now, I, I would tell you it's 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 not easy, um, and it's something we think though that we need to work very hard at because, again, you know, if you know anything about net metering and you know, what our customers are asking for, they're saying, hey, if we're if we're you know producing more energy than we need, you know, we'd like to make sure that you can buy it from that and sell it somewhere else to one of your other customers. So it's. It's it's a challenge, but I think, again, as we continue to, you know, as we continue to transform ourselves from utilities into energy companies, there's a lot of different solutions that we need to continue to look at and see where we can make investments, smart investments, and ensure that we're solving problems of the future.
1: So, it's not too long ago when we, we used to look at utilities already having issues with respect to aging infrastructure, workforce, and I'd say, more importantly, the thinning margins, right? And that was already happening. And plus, on top of it, now you've got competition. And then you got people asking for renewable energy, totally a new area for utilities, which otherwise was not being considered, like, say, a decade ago. So, where is this money coming from? I would call it play money or I would say investment money because it has been seen that if there is already a lower margin and if I'm going to invest, say, on a mobile device or, or mobile application or other form of communication, not sure if customer is ready to pay more.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, yeah You're right. They're, they're typically not ready to pay more. So what that means is we need to manage our existing budgets and become, and become better stewards of spending our money and take money and move it from existing investments to new investments and just not, and just not say, we're going to add X amount of million dollars next year. So it's our job to make sure that we, you know, as I said, we want to provide reliable and affordable you know, energy. The affordable piece means that we need to really continue to manage our costs and manage our budgets, and we need to do a better job at that and and we are working that we have goals internal goals in the company to continue to reduce to, re- to continue to reduce our costs and invest in those areas that you spoke about so we can continue to be competitive and competitive doesn't mean just going out there and spending more money it's it's redistributing and really prioritizing where you spend your money
1: so the people who are supposed to open up their checkbooks what's your uh, appeal to them, if you will, which, was, which is something which you've not tried earlier, which is offering them, uh, I would say, a legit business case for them to open up the purse strings and give you the money to get started because otherwise it's going to keep remaining a catch-22. Well, you know, he,
2: he, I, I would, here's what I would say, right? I, I, don't, I don't think we're looking for our customers to necessarily just open up their checkbooks. In Pennsylvania, you know, we, we, haven't been, we don't haven't been in for a rate case asking for any new money. It, it really does come back to us, you know, reprioritizing our existing budgets, and then if our customers, if our customers like the new services and products and services that we're producing and providing to them, I think I think we'll I think we'll get feedback from our customers. I mean, we do focus groups. We spend a lot of time with our customers, not just during rate times, but during times when we. Um, when we um, um, you know are, are working with them so it's it's it, it, it's it's not about it's not about asking them for money it's really it's really them seeing the value that we're going to that we're value that we're ongoing value that we're going to continue to provide them
1: and what about the stakeholders the ones internally in the company your boss someone who has to eventually shell out the initial uh, set of dollars in order for you to even invest in these, uh, you know, foundational building tasks. Because that has been a pain all along. How to get enough money from the business to to change, and just to stay relevant. It's less about profitability anymore. It's just about being in existence and be relevant.
2: Yeah. So you know, I I look at technology as being part of the business now. I mean, we we have to run together. It's not a separate technology and business piece because. Our business can't run without technology. So we're part of the, I I look at ourselves, we're part of the operation. So when we talk about spending money, so we have a technology budget and that technology budget covers the entire business. So it's up to our businesses to come, and it's not an, obviously an unlimited amount of money. It's up to our businesses to come through our, our, our process that I was telling you earlier, not only our annual planning process, but our monthly planning process, and come with their business cases and ROIs, and a group, not a group of technology people, but a group of technology and business people sit around in these meetings and challenge those business cases to make sure that if we're going to spend any money, we're spending it in the right areas because everyone, everyone, is, everyone is looking for that mo- money out of that single pot of money. It's not like we just we don't have a budget. We, we, you know, we look for the best places to spend our money, and it's done really in cooperation together. This, this, this whole thing of an IT group and a business group, those things have just blended together. And we spend, we, we spend more time with our businesses than we, we ever have. I mean, matter of fact, that's one of my main jobs, you know, spending time with the business, the business leadership in the company, and understand where they want to take the company. What, what do the customers require? What are the technologies that are out there? And then we work together to come up with technology solutions to to meet those to meet those needs and make sure we're working within our budgets.
1: And it, it's a tough job. I can totally see that. Now, coming to the investments, whether in technology or other areas. What are the top candidates that you would say are the first ones to tackle? Suppose you were you know, representing the utility industries around the world and say, if we had to go and get the most value from the digital transform- transformation, these are the specific business functions and core competencies I would tackle first, invest in first to make sure that you've got a good foundation going, and then go after the nice ones. Which are those core then?
2: Yeah, so I, the first one is analytics. We have a tremendous amount of data. Um, We have a tremendous amount of data on all the equipment that we have out in the field. And obviously, we have preventative maintenance plans and upgrade plans and things of that nature. And the thing that we're working on right now is retrieving data on all of those assets that we have out there. And then we can actually run queries against that data and really look for actual historical data on what's our most reliable pieces of equipment, which aren't our most reliable pieces of equipment. And by doing that, we actually create a preventative maintenance schedule that may be different than what the manufacturer actually recommends because the manufacturer's schedule is based on the testing they did when they first you know, delivered or engineered that product. Now, we have products out there from... You know, brand-new products out to 20, 30, 40 years on the lifetime of some of our goods and services. And we make decisions based on that. So analytics is key because that's another way we can control our costs and make investments in other areas. And, by the way, the reliability goes with that as well. Um, and then, you know, going back to the customer experience, we have, a, uh, we have, a, we have something that we developed in IT. It's called the 360-degree view of the customer. And what that is, is when a customer calls in, it is a, it's a, it's a desktop and it calls in and through the use of analytics and the systems we have, we look at past customer calls, outages, billing arrangements, any type of data that may interact with that customer. And when that screen pops, it gives, it, it tries to do a calculation and say, I, this is why the customer is calling. So we're we're trying, so that, that's another piece of technologies and analytic, analytics and a lot of other tools to try and get a custom, better customer experience, and by the way, to do a better job answering the customer's questions and let them get off the phone and go back to their whatever activities they were doing before that. They surely, no one wants to spend the time on a phone with any kind of utility, whether it be a cable company, they want to, they, you know, they want that as, as Reliable service, so we're using a lot of that, Um, and you know we're trying to do we're we're trying to make their days as you know with as little disruption as possible. So the technologies we put in place are really to avoid any kind of um, pain that they may experience by dealing with with companies to uh, to to, you know as, as far as their daily lives go. I mean, it used to take a customer service rep. 10 clicks and several screens to get that single view that I was talking about. Now, that all comes up automatically and as and as we're getting better with those with those with those screen pops, our analytics are smart enough to continue to keep tweaking and changing so the screen pops continue to get better and better to our to our agents which again provides a better experience back to our customers. So I mean analytics are very important, mobility is very important and 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 that customer experience, interaction with our customers, whether it's through traditional telephone technology, uh, interactive voice response units, whatever that customer chooses to do business with us, those are all the important areas for, for, for my technology group.
1: And whichever area that you mentioned, would you say your major focus would be more to see how you can use this investment, which would have a positive ROI connecting it to the growth? of the organization, or is it still going into the cost-savings mode, which almost all industries, and especially utilities, has been for a long, long time?
2: Well, it, 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 it's both. It's both. I mean, you know, uh, some of the analytics may require, you know, some different data scientists, some different investments on, on how we analyze our data and how we look at it. So, you know, we, we want to control our costs, but we, want, we, we will make the right investments, to make sure we're doing the right things for the customers. And it's and it's a trade off, right? We we're, we're trying to provide service, you know, as a matter of fact part of our mission is to provide, you know, low cost service to our customers, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be we shouldn't be looking at the future and and shortcutting investments, but on the other hand there's there's no open checkbook to just spend money. So it's it's a balancing act, but we're surely we're surely looking to to do a better job managing our, our budgets, but not at the expense of our customers or continuing to move forward with our technologies.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about the customer. Since we are talking, and everything has a customer-centricity to it, what are the current customer expectations and we did touch on it briefly but then let's let's put all of those bullet points if you will at one place to say what does a customer want today and in case we have to be prepared for tomorrow how are those customer expectations morphing so that as we go about investing today we are not doing it just for today it is also taking care of tomorrow please stay tuned listeners we'll be right back and explore
0: You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOtalknetwork.com. Now,
1: back to the show. Welcome back. So, Eric, when we know that the customer expectations are of a certain type, we start working towards it. But the reality today is we are in a fast-moving world where the customer expectations change as well. So when you are sitting in, in the ivory tower or talking to your people in the field, are you working with the customer expectation which you get to know as a snapshot or the, the ones which were a couple of days, uh, say, I would say a year or two earlier, but you're just trying to catch up? Or is there a, a, an active effort to really know what the customer would want, which I know it's almost like looking for a crystal ball, but some, a customer would want, say, in a couple of years down, so you are always ahead or at least at par with where the customer wants to be?
2: Yeah, so... So um so the the one thing obviously is you know uh, you know we have a you know we have a commitment to serve and one of the things that we need to do when we serve is we need to look for low cost solutions for our customers right so we're so we're managing costs but the one thing we do is we have customer we have customer commitment groups and we have third parties go out and talk to our customers and we do we use a third party because we don't want somebody out there from our industry, we want somebody out there that can could ask the right kinds of questions and continue to get get the right answers out there. And depending on you know, and depending on who the the group of customers are, you know, people will look. You'll you'll hear questions. You'll hear answers like, "Excuse me, um, I don't want my electricity rates to go up." Then you'll hear people say, "I'd wanna I want to be involved more in green energy." And so you you have a you have a big Diversity. You have a segment of customers that are very diverse, you know, based on several things, based on generational. Uh, the big, and I see the biggest one is generational, you know, the millennials versus the baby boomers. So, so, so that's part of it. But we're we're really trying to be proactive, and those meetings with our customers are the things that give us ideas to continue to to push forward. Right? I, you know, you know, I know people come home and put their light switch on or, you know, they, they, they're driving and they see transmission lines, but we're not the staunchy utility industry of the past. You know, with the use of all the technology we have, you know, we're becoming the next generation, we're becoming next generation energy companies. You know, our customers are not one size fits all. You know, we have one that prefer a one-on-one humor, human interaction, and we, want, and we have the other ones that want to, you know, self-service convenience at 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, so we have to be prepared to, to, to satisfy customers at all ends of the spectrum and everywhere in between. You know, our efforts are paying off. Uh, PPL just earned its 41st uh, J.D. Power Award. Uh, PPL Electric Utilities and Louisville Gas Kentucky Utilities all receive top rankings for customer service. So customer service is, is something that's bred in our company, and, um, and we're, continu- we're continuing to be proactive to go out and try and st- stay ahead of our customers and understand what their wants and needs are.
1: Let's talk people for a second. So we know utility industry always had this issue with aging infrastructure. So do we change the people or we change the infrastructure?
2: Um, well, well, that's, that's interesting, right? We're going to continue to obviously update and change our infrastructure. Um, yeah, there's no doubt we have a we have an aging workforce. We also have a great young, energetic and millennial workforce coming in, and it's interesting how um, how the two workforces actually work together. Millennials, as you know, they like working in a group and, you know, get everybody engaged and, you know, have a big, you know, conversation about it where a lot of the baby boomers are like, I have a job. I need to get it done. I'm going to go do it, and, you know, working with cross-functional teams and putting boomers and millennials together you know, has actually has actually really been quite surprising, because you have boomers that actually, with all their knowledge, all their tribal knowledge in particular, want to be able to convey that to the younger folks that are coming in the organization, and by doing that, we're actually getting a knowledge transfer, and 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 the, both groups are figuring out how to work together, which is also pretty amazing. And, you know, we have a pretty heavy tech-savvy workforce. You know, I mean, a, you know, implementing the predictive analytics uh, solution that we put in place has been a, a pretty amazing feat. Now, I, I will tell you that is never going to be over. We're going to continue to make that better. Um, but, you know, things things like... Um, you know things like infrastructure, right? where the data tells us where we need to invest in our systems, make them stronger make it more reliable. It can tell us where poles are degrading fastest and need to be replaced. Or you know, do, I, do you know when do I re, when do I go out and PM a transformer? These are things that were always just on a schedule based on manufacturers' suggestions. Now we're using real live, we're using real live data on the equipment that's installed out there supporting our customers. to provide provide better data to our field workers. And, by the way, the funny thing about it is, while it was an investment in data analytics, the overall cost goes down because you're you're sending less trucks out. You're spending less money on preventative maintenance. So there's actually an offset. So that's what I talked about earlier where we mentioned, you know, do do you cut here to do there? You know, we look for technology projects that bring an ROI to the business so we can self fund a lot of our projects.
1: And when you look at the infrastructure, uh, and you know, we are going to make some changes. I'm assuming many of them would be fundamental changes. So, the very travel knowledge that you were talking about, would that become redundant? How are, you, how are you planning to create a mix? Because, of course, if you're trying to go digital, then many, many older systems may have to be replaced. And, yes, there will be a phased approach. However, we know the writing on the wall. And the people who were there, they would have issues with, okay, this is what I did for the last 30 years. And, yes, I'm ready to do even today. How are you justifying at what pace do you change the people or not change, maybe retool, repurpose people and also the infrastructure all along while keeping the cost? Remember, we spoke about cost control and at the same time becoming relevant to digital. So this is like a multi-dimensional problem. I'm sure you're getting paid the big bucks for handling it. But how are you approaching this, the people, because that's the softer side, which doesn't have two plus two equal to four.
2: Well, I mean, you know, I mean, look, look, things are always changing. I mean, we, 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 um, you know, we manage through those changes. We, we have, you know, we, we have plans. We, you, you, you know, you, we do retrain people. We do, you know, we have, we, have, we put in a new customer care system, and sure, we had people at the company that were not used to it, but you know what? We retrain those people. So, you know, we invest, we invest in our folks, we invest in our systems, and. You know, we think we have a pretty good plan around that. Now, nothing's ever perfect, but I I think we do a great job of planning for our people and ensuring that as we make investments and work rules change or um, or systems change and different interfaces change, that that's part of our large plans to make sure we can bring our people along through the proper training and ensure that they can serve the you know end up serving the customer.
1: So now let's talk about specific competencies and roles that you feel should be put in place in order for utility industries, uh, you know, the organizations within the industry, to be able to move ahead with confidence. What competencies that you think now more than ever are relevant and critical?
2: I, I think I think the real main skill or competence competency that people need is they need to come in with an analytical mind. They need to be able to think about things and not just take the, answer, the first answer that comes and really be able to put, put some of the technical pieces together, put some of the field data pieces together, understand their customers' backgrounds. And analyzing is so important. You know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, if you want to know what a data analyst was, it'd be very different than what a data analyst is today. And I think, that, I think that's really an important piece. And, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a very simple, you know, skill that, that I think people need to bring to business today to work. It's called curiosity. I think that when people are curious, whether they're a millennial, a baby boomer, wherever they may be in their career, if they're curious, they're gonna succeed working at PPL. Because, you know, we I like curious people. I think that's one of the most important parts of your job. You do a job, you go, Wow, I'm curious. Have you know, I wanna take the next step. I want to look at a broader view. So you know, there are some there are some broad skills that people bring in from their college degrees. Obviously we have a tremendous amount of engineers in the company. We have we have a lot of IT people with, you know, technical degrees, but we have a lot of people that, that aren't from the utility industry. You know, and if they bring if they bring curiosity, if they bring the willingness to learn, they're gonna fit fine in this fine in this industry. they really will.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back after these messages. And let's look at the very uh, ecosystem in which we operate, uh, the utilities operate. Earlier, it was a utility industry with some suppliers. Now we need to join hands, perhaps with other utilities, some other renewable energy providers, and everyone in between and in order for us to make this work that means interoperability is going to be a, a big challenge also as an uh, also it could be considered as an opportunity so is the utility industry supporting cooperation collaboration to jointly tackle these challenges and not having to reinvent the wheel and not you know, basically, instead of learning from somebody else's mistakes, making the same mistakes over and over. What is that mindset do you think is prevailing among an individual uh, and, and a group of in- utility organizations for them to move forward together? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back.
0: Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global com. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Now
1: back to the show. Welcome back. So Eric, we know there's a saying that when someone wants to go fast, they could go alone, but if they want to go far, they have to take people along. So to that end. Utility industry players are they really trying to go fast or want to go far? And in that, um, you know, towards that end, to that end, are they really collaborating? And even though there is competition in some cases, are they believing and working together? Yes.
2: Yeah, so so what, what I've what I've observed is even with the competition that's out there, this is a really unique industry. About working together, and I, and I, we all think of you know mutual assistance as a storm. We send crews down, and we obviously help restore uh, people's people's power um, to get them up as quickly as possible. But you know we work with a you know we work with a couple of industry groups. One of them being EPRI, which is the Electric Power Research Institute, and EEI, which is the Edison Electric Institute, and. Many, many investor-owned utilities participate in both of these organizations. And a, and a couple of things that, that to point out is uh, like in EPRI, they do a lot of, not only uh, they do a lot of real research. So you know they'll have different verticals to generation and transmission, distribution, but they also have a CIO a CIO vertical, and then they have a cyber vertical, and. We have teleconferences and we have meetings where we get our groups together and and really dig into um, into these areas of interest for all our utilities. So we work really closely there and with Edison Electric In- Institute. About a about a year ago, we kicked off uh, a program that we call. Uh, cybersecurity mutual assistance. So obviously it's kind of a takeoff on our original uh, mutual assistance program that the utilities have been doing for 30 plus years. But what we've done is with a a small group of investor-owned utilities and some of the co-ops actually as well, you know, we've created playbooks. um, We've created, uh, we've done tabletop exercises on how we would share resources, knowledge, during a, a potential t- uh, cyber attack on one of our sister utilities, and obviously that's something that we're continuing to hone our skills on. But you know the, the the amount of cooperation that takes place between our companies is just is just amazing.
1: And if you if you were to see a common thread when it comes to digital transformation, would you see these different players in the industry? thinking alike, or would you say there are some tangential or conflicting views or strategies which might undermine what we are saying is that is to create collective intelligence or become a cohesive force? No, I,
2: th- I think the, 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 the real th- key is thinking alike. We see many, many of the same challenges and opportunities. Um, you know, so those EPRI verticals that I, w- that I spoke about, those were verticals that were developed by groups inside many different utilities to say this is where we'd like to focus our efforts. And like I said, EPRI does a lot of research and they do a lot of pilots on technologies. So again, instead of a instead of one utility going it alone and spending a lot of money on something that might not be end up being a good product, the ability to have EPRI in there and as part of our dues create pilots you know, puts us in a position of reducing risk, and also working to e- working with each other to make sure we get the best product or service out of those types of uh, endeavors. So, uh, no, it's 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 uh, I see people working really well together, and the cyber the cyber mutual assistance is something that's, that people are really working very closely with. Twenty twenty
1: if that was the year and you had to define how utility industry players are uh, delivering value and thriving as a profitable enterprise what would that look like what what would they be so i think i
2: think you see much i, I think you're going to see utilities that are um, you're going to see different, much much different generation solutions that are that are out there, right? You're going to see obviously there's still very similar base load that we need to you know run our country, but you're going to see many many other generation opportunities out there. Like I mentioned earlier, with solar, wind, you know a lot of that, that as the prices get cheaper, you're going to see more and more of that. Um, I think you'll see I think you'll see more and more sharing uh, across the grid. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of investment being made in the grid right now by many companies and many third-party transmission companies that are looking to really nationalize the grid to get that to get that west coast solar and wind you know back to the east coast. And I think you're gonna I think you're gonna see more much more maturity in those areas right now. You know, people are trying to figure all that investment out, but the, the costs continue to drop uh, drop down. And again, our customers want. Different energy types. Now, I don't, I don't see our natural, natural gas, and you know, and coal totally going away. I think we need, we need energy diversity. We've all talked about that as a country. Um, so, um, to me, we need, we need several different sources for, for many reasons. But um, I think you'll see, I think you'll see a I think you'll see, I think you'll see energy companies continue to become technology companies. And uh, I think, I think we're going to surprise. Uh, You know, companies that have been around for 150 years and things like that, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people going forward.
1: Last step, leadership and culture. If we are to get where we, and that's why I asked you this question, where we will be, what do you think has to be the shift in the mindset of the leaders and the workforce that we have so that collectively they build a culture in order for us to realize that 2020 dream you just laid out?
2: Well, so, you know, I mean our goals and tenants are rooted in customer satisfaction, right? Delivering safe, reliable, affordable power. You know, we're adapting to those we're adapting to that change. We have a develop you know, we have definitely have a diverse talented workforce, cooperation and partnering, you know, changing our leadership styles from the old, you know, top down leadership is going to be critical for us to be successful. You know, I should never be one step away from anybody in my organization. My organization should be, anyone in my organization should be able to walk in my office and they know they can. We have have to have the ability to cut through, you know, the red tape and be able to work more cooperatively. You know, listening to our customers and developing solutions is going to be really critical. Um, As I said, that diversity, talented workforce is going to be critical but our ability and we are changing our leadership leadership styles is the most critical aspect of allowing ourselves to get there
1: On we have
2: to be we, we, have, we have to be in a position where we can make quicker decisions not decisions by consensus and continue to move quickly in a very rapid changing uh area of technology and uh and generation.
1: On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Eric, for sharing your thoughts on what's the current state of digital transformation for utilities and what can we see, the, the surprises and pleasant surprises where utilities will really become a value-added partner to its customers and to the ecosystem that we belong in. Thank you so but, much
2: again, Eric. And I'd like to thank you again and uh, uh, thanks for inviting me and uh, enjoy, have a great day.
1: Thank you again. Please like us on Facebook, listeners. Search for CTN, that's CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless.